Hey, welcome, welcome to Ready, Set, Binge with your host, Jeremy and Nick. Nick, how's it going today, man? I'm not feeling the energy from you, Dean. It's a big episode. Well, you're the one who's all caffeined up, so I figured I'd let you, I, you know, I don't know, you're up and down, black and white, high is low, day is night, you know, see? Gave a little Seinfeld reference for you there, but you're the one who was caffeined up, and this is this is definitely your show, so... I went off coffee for, for a little while, mm-hmm. you know, today back on it and it's perfect timing because well, this is one of my all time favorites. Well, let me ask you why, why today of all days did you decide to go back on, on, on the caffeine? I just wanted to do the show justice, man. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wanted to do the show justice is a big time series for me going off the, you know, I'm just going to go off the top of my dome. Well, let me no. say this, you know, I appreciate you saying that because the truth is, I don't know if you have come to grips with the fact that you've really, Seinfeld, when I met you, that was your, your, your girl, but you've, you've cheated on Seinfeld with The Office these past five, well, seven years. You might be interested to know that I did some big time cheating this week. Big time cheating. Um, I spent all week watching another show. On Netflix because I got instantly hooked. Me, me, me and the wife instantly hooked. What show this, is that? This show is going to be it's going to be coming up around the corner for Ready Set Binge real soon, real real soon. And that's a little Cobra Kai. Oh, you started it. I, I'm loving it, man. I'm on. Uh, I, I just got to season two. It took away from my Seinfeld viewing this week, but lucky for me, I have a deep and rich history with this show that I can pull from. So. I got to enjoy the best of both worlds this week. It yeah, will, will Cobra Kai action coming up. <laughs> okay, that's that's good to know. That's good to know. Hopefully, we'll have a special guest for that episode as well. But I will say this: I'm glad, you know, that you're ready. I'm glad you're jazzed. That makes me that makes me hype and awesome because we're going to get right into it. And for me, you know, Seinfeld is also a show I I know very well a lot about was very controversial in a way for me because I'll come right out and say it. I don't call it the greatest sitcom ever, but I'm probably, I would say the minority maybe with that. No, not maybe. Definitely. I would maybe, maybe definitely in the minority. I'm talking about people who know TV history (laughs) and in the game, not just the, the novice. And see, I'm I'm already going to throw out there one thing that you're going to say, and I know you're going to start talking about those early seasons. I didn't say that. I didn't say well, that. I didn't you, go there yet. I didn't. I'm. I'm. I was going to say this. There's two questions that come that need to be answered because when we talked about this show, this podcast, let's always answer a question. And to me, you know, ready, set, binge is in the title. So to me, there's two debates we can have here. Possibly number one is Seinfeld the greatest sitcom ever, and number two is it a bingeable show? And they're two separate things. Let's talk about the bingeable aspect first. Because you can be, you cannot be a bingeable show, but still be a great show. I don't want to take that away. Doesn't mean that if you're not, and you can be a bingeable show and be good. You know what I mean? Not great. So there is a difference, in my opinion. uh, Yeah, but I wouldn't put this in the bingeable category of shows. 
you may be surprised to hear that, but I do recognize no. the fact that there's not much that carries from episode to episode. The the long story arcs are kind of thin, um, and it's more it more so relies on its humor. And um, each show is kind of a standout amongst no. amongst itself. So I'm I'm glad you can let your bias go because. It, we will agree on that. It is not a bingeable show, and I think Netflix for 2021 paid way too much money. They panicked because they're losing, you know, they lost Friends, bingeable show. They lost The Office, <laughs> bingeable show. So then they panicked and then went for Seinfeld, and I think we'll see. I, I, don't, I don't know if Seinfeld still has the glory it had even like five years ago. Like I think it's, I think Netflix paid too much for 2021, but we'll see. Um, I think it still has its main audience, but I don't know that it's going to. So the office and friends kind of got a second wave because it recaptured this younger, this younger audience. Um, but I don't know that Seinfeld is going to do the same thing. I don't know if I see many, um, many kids identifying with much in it or that's what I'm saying. Any I... of the references, it still played on reruns a lot. It's still like it's a decent, you know, pretty good amount in syndication, which I think the people who are attracted to Seinfeld aren't aren't the people who are cutting the cords, cutting the cable boxes. You know, I mean, like like young people are with like, you know, just streaming with Netflix and Hulu. And yeah, stuff. But I mean, my grandparents have Netflix like, but how many I don't know how many older I'm, I don't have the stats. So maybe there's more than I think. But I think. Older people will still who who like Seinfeld will still have cable or you know three six ten Fox and all that stuff and will get their Seinfeld fixed there. Yeah, true, true. Uh, but you know, we'll see. I mean, twenty twenty one is going to be pretty telling. Uh, you know, Netflix. I think with with losing Friends and with losing The Office. Uh, I'm not going to say they're in trouble, but those are two really big blows. Uh, is Seinfeld going to be enough to supplement that? I don't think so, but it doesn't mean it's not one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. No, yeah, as I said, it's two two separate discussions. I two separate discussions, but um, it's definitely one of the greatest sitcoms ever. I, I will never. You've heard me in our conversations over the years because I even let the audience know. I think this is really how our uh, TV talks for our friendship started was based around Seinfeld. Am I right? Am I wrong in that? No, no, you're right. I remember that being among the first shows that we talked about because you knew I was a big Seinfeld fan. You knew that I thought of it as the, at the time, the greatest sitcom of all time. And I, you know, I respect you for challenging that. And since, you know, you've opened up my mind to, to other shows. And so I don't know that I'm going to say like quintessentially it's the greatest sitcom of all time anymore because I, I feel like that could be up for debate, but it's at least top three, at least. Uh, I don't really, I don't think that's a question. Uh, top five for sure. Top five. Name top four other shows that you would put ahead of Seinfeld. I'm just saying, you said top three. I mean, I'm going to give it Cheers, which I think is number one. Okay. I, I would also put Cheers in top three. Uh, I will put on the family there. I'm going to go out on a, maybe, I don't know. I think The Office is that great. I really do. 
And I think The Office has hit a top five sitcom. Like I, I just think I think The Office for me has surpassed Seinfeld in a lot of ways. What you can't, bro? You can't have three dud seasons and be above Seinfeld. Seinfeld had three. I don't think The Office had three dud seasons. They had two, and Seinfeld to me had three dud seasons. Seasons one through three. No, no see, I, and that's why I said I knew you were going to go there. They are done. No, they're not because that the the season one through three was the innovation phase of that show. It oh, was the no, it was, it was it the was... the episodes that centered around like maybe a, a a single point of focus, and it, they were more so about nothing. Like that's when you got those episodes where um, you know Jerry and Elaine are sitting on the couch having a conversation for most of the episode about. Um, you know, what is what is or isn't appropriate for them to do and still remain friends. And then you also have the Chinese restaurant, which is all time classic episode. You have the no, parking lot episode. The, most, the, the Chinese restaurant episode is the most overrated episode in the history of television. What? How? How? By the fact that it, nothing is going on. It is boring. It is redundant. And the fact that it was, oh, so groundbreaking. It, it's not funny. And I think that's also a misnomer of Seinfeld, where you remember certain phrases. You see, even even your dog agrees. Yeah, you I know. Right? Certain <laughs> you remember certain phrases or just certain moments, but then you have to ask yourself: Is the episode a funny episode? And I think that's where I think Seinfeld gets a lot of uh, a lot of leeway. To me, they have a lot of pop culture phrases, but you know, like. From the soup, not that's not a funny episode. No soup for you is a classic no, line. It's, it is a funny episode. Fu- no, it's not, man. I'm telling you, it's not just that, because I agree. it takes place mainly in one area and it involves like a lot of like, yeah, I understand they're waiting around and everything, but it's the dialogue, it's the fact that everybody can identify with that situation of like waiting for your table and 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 getting you're 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 becoming more and more hungry you're debating on going somewhere else but then you're trying to you're trying to maybe like make it to a movie you don't know what, what you can do and then you start getting into that place where you're you're so bored that you start doing ridiculous stuff like betting each other of like you know i dare you to go over there and blow in that guy's soup and, that's not normal by the way who does that the, uh, well it's it's comedy it's comedy i'm not saying like I'm, most people do that but it's a you know, it was funny. I did not think that was too funny. I'll be honest. I didn't like it. I really felt like that was... Um, sometimes I think uh, in, in in the arts, it, it's like uh, people like to show how arty they are, how different, and there's a risk with that. Do I think it can go over well if you do it right? Sure. But it also can just be like, okay, um, it doesn't hit on anything. And that show doesn't. Is it relatable in that? Yes, we all waited for restaurants and then debated and then debated, you know, was this the right decision? Yes, that is true. Um, Do I think that it could have been done better? Like, do I knock the theme? Like, the try? No, I I just don't think it's it's that. It wasn't that funny of an episode. And I think you got to say... Not that there weren't some funny episodes in the first three seasons. There were, but as seasons, they weren't that good. I think there's a reason why even Seinfeld themselves, everyone calls season four the breakout season. And to me, it's like they're lucky. Not, not, not a lot of shows get that much 
chances to break out, but they did get that chance and they made the most of it. I give them that. I I understand that season four specifically with the you know one episode in mind was the reason that the, the show kind of was propelled forward because they were still kind of breaking ground in that season and pushing the envelope um, with some things. But season four, I feel like the characters kind of grew into their own a little bit more. It wasn't as focused on the show being about absolutely nothing and just, you know, relatable situations. And um, they departed a little bit from that. And maybe that's why it gained more of a mass audience because more people uh, found the situations um, in which the characters were experiencing hilarious, but it doesn't take away from the fact that seasons one through three were innovative for the time. I, I just don't see how you can take it. There, there's a reason why the Chinese restaurant is an iconic episode. There's a reason why the, the parking lot where they get, they get the, they get lost in the parking lot looking for the car. There's a reason why that's an iconic episode. It, you didn't often see that done where episodes were taking place in, in one setting not much going on, not much bouncing around back and forth. It, it relied well, heavily on the dialogue, which is a tough thing to do from a writing standpoint. Well, that's, that's where you, we will agree. That's where Seinfeld is different, and that's where I will give its props. Um, for me, why I, on an objective list, will say it's a high, you have to put in the conversation for sure. But I would say it's wrong if you only even put Seinfeld in the conversation for greatest ever. It's because it was different, and specifically with the writing. And that kudos to Larry David uh, and, and Seinfeld with that, and a really good writing staff. Like it, that was very different, and the multiple plot lines converging—you hadn't seen that before. So that's why I, I give it credit. Um, the writing, but it's also uh, there's shows to me that were funnier. But on, a, on an objective list, it's. I, I have to say it's in the top five, but I would put The Office ahead of it now. I, I just really would. I think The Office was innovative. The Office had a deep, you know, comedic repertoire. The Office took a lot of things, you know, that mockumentary style. So I and and just iconic characters, just like uh, just like Seinfeld has it too. So I I think Se- Office to me is ahead of Seinfeld, and also did a thing where. The way you had the comedic moments, but also intertwined with those dramatic moments that Seinfeld, which wasn't they weren't down to do, but I give that's harder to me to really mix comedy with the dramatic and with the heartfelt or the emotional and really get a vibe on the cringeworthy, but also, you know, connect all that. The office did it. So I, I didn't sign up the top five. I wouldn't put it in my top three. But is that a require? But is that a requirement of a good sitcom? Like, Having like not a requirement, but it's it's makes it the, the the degree of difficulty is is even higher, and it makes it even better. See, I don't know, man. I I can't put The Office ahead of Seinfeld. You watch The Office way more than you watch Seinfeld. Not true. Not true. I watch it way yeah, more. I watch it way more now, but in my late teens, early twenties, mid twenties, it was. Like I watch Seinfeld maybe even more than I watch The Office now. I mean, I've I've watched it that much, and you know how much I watch The Office. I mean, when I was, yeah. I'm saying you've you've cheated on, and the way you talk about The Office, 
you talk about it with a glow more than you ever did Seinfeld. And you talk about a glow with Seinfeld, but the way you talk about The Office is different. Listen, I mean, sometimes you find something new and it just grabs you. That's what happened to me with The Office. It was it was it was a different kind of comedy than I was used to. It added that those extra dimensions of drama and heartfelt moments and um, you know awkward, cringe-worthy humor. I wasn't used to that. It kind of opened the office opened up a lot of doors for me in regards to just becoming more open-minded about comedy. You know, I didn't find that kind of stuff funny before the office. I didn't really understand it. And it wasn't until yeah. I started getting deep into the office that I, I began to understand that, you know, darker side of humor. And um, I'm very thankful for it. But before the office, there was Seinfeld. And that was constant, constant, every day. And, and I'll, I'll say this also, that is kind of like a misnomer about Seinfeld, about its show about nothing. When the premise really is, it's a show about how comics get their material. Which, to me, when you say that, which is the truth, then you get why. I mean, it, it should be explained because, you know, for seven, I think the first seven seasons, it got less and less. But Jerry Open, you saw him doing stand-up. And you knew that was his profession. And, you know, that is kind of how, you know, the only thing is he, in real life, he was hanging out with comedians. And in the show, you know, Elaine Kramer... George aren't comedians, so I can see how that, but that's that's really what he's doing. I guess I never looked at that as like a, the focal point of the show, though. Like, I, I, well, I already said that in season four, they kind of started to make a departure from the show being absolutely about nothing. They started to let the characters develop a little bit more, um, and get, you know, get a little bit, um, take more risks from episode to episode with with what happens to them and introduce more guest characters and not, you know, solely put the focus on those four main characters. So I agree. Like, I agree. It got to a point where it wasn't really about nothing anymore, but the show had kind of taken on a life of its own. And I feel like they just went with it. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think it hurts. No, I think, I think the show is better because of it. I think when they season four on, it's it's night and day to me where, you know, it's, it's hard. I'm struggling to find episodes in season, the first three seasons. What? I, I mean, in some, oh yeah. Uh, the parking space. The I statue? In that season three. Snooze. Oh my gosh. Um, the phone message? The boyfriend. The snooze. I'll give you Pez dispenser. Well, that's I, that's I an all time that one. That's in, a, in my opinion, right? Pez dispenser's good. The parking space, I like the parking garage. Um, I like the boyfriend with with Keith Hernandez. That's really good. There, so there's a few in there that I I do like. Uh, Chinese but restaurant. No, I don't like the Chinese restaurant, man. It's not. It, that's a snooze. That's a skip. Like, and believe me, after I met you, I tried it again multiple times. I even one time. I owe you for this one, honestly. I did it in front of, like, my, I had, like, my grandparents, God rest their soul. They were over, and my brother. And I'm like, okay, I saw TBS. Chinese, we were waiting for, like, the Braves game or something to come on. And they play right before it. It's Chinese restaurant. So I put it on, and I literally got, like, booed out the room. Like, they couldn't take it. They are like, ah, please change it. This is boring. And I was like, okay. Like, I, I gave it a try. My friend said it's funny. 
I wanted to watch it again just to see, but I'm with you. Like, like they were like, they couldn't take uh. it. They tapped out. They're like, we can't. Got about halfway through, and it was like, no. Like, it laid, my grandparents were like, please change it. And I was like, yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. What about, rough. What about the, the, um, the note when George is getting the, the massage? And he gets a dentist note to cover his physical uh, therapy. He's getting the massage by by by. He's getting massaged by a man. He's really yeah. insecure about. I know. It. I know the. I know the show. I know the show. Um, it's it's just I I have my opinion, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's not. I I mean, but if you go from four on, especially even I think four, you see it rising up. Five to me, really, from there on, it's really some really good seasons. In five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, but for you, like you said, you see it really becoming, I think, what the show is known for. I think through the popular, like, not the, like, you're, you're a novice. I mean, you're like a Seinfeld holic. I'm a big TV fan and I watch all these shows to see why people love them. So, like, we can talk about the first three seasons, but most people who are just, they watch Seinfeld, they know about it. My mom, right? She wasn't one of the people booing me out the room. Thank you, Nick. Um, she she knows Seinfeld, and her references are all later. It's all the, the Elaine with the dancing. It's the yada yada yada. She can say those things, but if I was like the Chinese restaurant, it's over her head. Like that's like critics and deep Seinfeld fans but, know that. Well, okay for for seasons one and two. I can understand why that would be your opinion, but season three has way too many classic episodes. The one with Keith Hernandez, like I, I think season three deserves to be up there with the best seasons of Seinfeld. No, not at all. Not my opinion. I, I, I think it has, it showed potential. I think it showed potential. It showed to me, season three shows why, Okay, I don't blame Warren Littlefield and the network for giving this show a chance still for riding with it like that. So I can say like season four, it broke out. But season three where are, is the one where like, yeah, if I'm a network executive, I see potential in this show. The first two seasons, I'm like, no, I, I'm not saying I see it. Well, good thing you weren't running NBC. Good thing. Very good thing. Good thing. You know, you know, shout out to, you know, Rick, Rick Ludwin who passed away recently. Uh, he, he was in charge of late night for many years at NBC. And that's how Seinfeld got put on, honestly, is, is that when Rick Ludwin spoke up for it and gave it a, gave it a, a green light. And that's why you have those six episodes because it was on the late night budget. But Rick Ludwin, who spoke up for Conan, spoke up for a lot of stuff. Um, Rick Loveland's a good dude, and uh, he's the reason why Seinfeld got put Much on. Much to that. your dismay. No, no, I, I think it's a. I mean, I could call it a top three sitcom. So I mean, to top five. So I, I'm not going to say it's a guaranteed third. If you put it third, I won't knock it. But I'm not going to say it's an auto. You said automatic locks top three. I'm not. Gonna I'm just that. curious. I mean, you said Cheers. As one, which I'll give you, but I don't know that I can think of four other comedies. Oh, you also said The Office. I, I can't think of four other comedies that you would put ahead of Seinfeld. I get, well, some people like Friends. I don't like Friends over Seinfeld, but God, some people do. I, I will I say <laughs> Cheers, All in the Family. I like The Office has, to me, really wrote, rose up there. Um, depends on how far you want to go back to. You want to do The Honeymoon or I, I Love Lucy? 
You know, some people do, though. And you got to give – a lot of people give credit. And don't get me wrong, what you saw with Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Elaine being a, a, a funny comedian and, you know, female character, but Lucille Ball. Yeah, oh, it, absolutely. There's no argument like, there. And and so you got to give props to that. And Doesn't mean um, it's a better show. I love Lucy's pretty – I mean, I love Lucy's pretty – it's pretty iconic. The Honeymooners is MASH. People love MASH. Oh, MASH. So, I mean. One of the most overrated shows of names. all time. I'm talking about one. It's objective. It's objective. Like, MASH is not a show that I particularly love. Mary Tyler Moore show. You're naming a lot of shows, man. So, I'm just saying that that can be in the running for it. I'm not even saying that I would put they, – they are in the running and it's not blasphemy – to say that, to say that, based on what the criteria is, I guess everyone's criteria is different, but what the criteria is for, you know, a great show, I I, I don't, I mean, those are all shows that people throw this out is, there. This is what, hold, well, I mean, okay, so what makes this a top, one of the things that makes this a top three show, just alone, just looking at one aspect of a show's greatness, is pop, um, uh, catchphrases and pop culture references or not, not pop culture references, but catchphrases that came from the show and that were popularized in American culture that alone puts this as a, as a top three show. And, and that's before the, that's before the time uh, of, of memes. You had people saying all this stuff. I don't, I don't, I I'll be honest. That doesn't, that doesn't mean for me that it makes it a great show. I'm not saying show. that that's the only thing that should be considered. No, I I don't I don't look at that as a I don't put that as a criteria. Interesting. I really don't because on that note, a lot of shows can get in there. Um, the Big Bang Theory can get in there. That's a popular. No, no, I'm not show, saying popular. Like, I'm, know, I'm saying like a lot of pop. But I mean pop culture stuff. Like people know, you know, I hear a lot of people reference and quote the Big Bang Theory and stuff like that. I don't put it as I've never heard anybody show, quote but big, by, great, big whatever. Oh, I hear people talk. To me. Everyone, people know Sheldon. They know him, Bazinga, and wow. different things like that. And I've um, never, literally, never. No one has ever quoted Big Bang Theory to me. People have to be. Uh, the only, the only show that I could think of being up there with Seinfeld, in regards to, like, having catchphrases come from the show, would be like Friends. So that's exactly, and I I don't put Friends as a top five sitcom. We talked about it on the show earlier. Uh, Pat, it's barely hanging in the top ten, maybe if you want to be. So, but Friends has a lot of pop culture. The Office has a lot of pop culture references, like you said. Um, I, I I don't know. Cheers has you know good amount. Well, <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel Air. To a lesser extent, I think. Um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. We talked about how popular that theme song is, the Carlton dance. Mm-hmm. How popular that still is, you know. Um, the the uh, the Django, the jump on it, the jump on it. Yeah, but none of them. That is none of those compare like, to Festivus, to No Soup for You, to Yada Yada Yada, to the Black and White Cookie, like. I'm not saying that they do, but I'm saying that doesn't mean I don't know. Pop culture references doesn't make it a great. If you can tune in 
to common experiences that much to the point where you have like thousands and thousands of people identifying with that saying or action or behavior that it catches on fire like that and it becomes a part of like everyday speech i mean that's a pretty big deal and the extent to which seinfeld did it um I'm not saying not a big deal, but I'm saying that that makes you popular. That doesn't make it, you know, um, the best or, one, you know, necessarily. Just like in music, there's a lot of things that catch on and maybe an artist catches on and the, the song is catchy and it hits. But does that make them necessarily what you call them the greatest? You know, I think the Beatles, what people call their most popular album, Sgt. Pepper, I don't know if that's a lot. That doesn't have a lot of the tracks that everyone knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pop culture-wise, but everyone will say Sgt. Pepper's their best album. So that's why it's like, I, I, I mean, I don't knock it. I think it's a great accomplishment, but that's just for me. Like I said, everyone has, that doesn't mean, you know, you're, you make it for, uh, for a great show. Based on that, MASH had the all-time record for a series. They had a hundred and like what eleven million people watching their finale. Like insane. Like, is that make it the best show? Who shot JR for Dallas? Everyone watched that. I wouldn't call Dallas like one of the great dramas of all time, but everyone had shirts and they had parties for who shot JR and all yeah. that. You know what I mean? No, so I, I guess that's where it's different. I'm I actually agree with what you're saying. I, I don't if you're looking at like objective criteria and you're looking to see you know why a show is the greatest of all time i agree with you it goes a lot further that it's not really about popularity i totally get that i just for seinfeld i just have to consider the fact that just how it caught fire and how so many things so many phrases and actions and and, and things from the show you know like shrinkage and you know all this stuff they just they just became a part of the american um, what word am I looking for? Lexicon. Thank you. Lexicon. And I just I consider that when it comes to shows like Seinfeld and Friends. But don't get me wrong. I agree with you 100 percent that there are more important criteria out there. I just think for Seinfeld, that was one of the biggest things that it did well was that it created those moments that became extremely popular with um, its fan base, and it helped gain more fans so uh yeah well i think something it, it, yeah. it's its own language and so i think that everyone kind of likes to me everyone likes right. that. it created like, its own language you're 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 in your own club so i think for a lot of things that's how you identify with fans now the thing is seinfeld in those last seasons caught on it was a huge hit you know it was number one but like it, 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 it catches on. Like they have their. I think everyone kind of wants to feel, which I'll give Seinfeld credit for in a way. Um, but I'm trying to think of who else could have really done that well. Like, you know, like Seinfeld was its own world, and like they they really didn't want anyone in it, and they kind of. So I think, and also I think those core fans who were there from the beginning liked that they had that too. And like that they had that language that they know. So I give it credit for that. And I think that's why you could see it with like friends because Seinfeld, you know, there's a lot, a lot of stuff you look online, how they compare it. You know, Jerry Seinfeld said he felt like friends just copied Seinfeld. 
I don't know how you feel about that, but you know, I think that's where it's relatable. But I don't, I don't think any other show really had that too much. I mean, Cheers kind of did with Norm. You know, when he walked to the bar, Norm, and you know, and you knew Cliff was going to say some crazy off the wall facts that weren't real and all that stuff. And Woody would be Woody, but I think that is something that they weren't the first to do, but they really capitalized on. I look at us and our group of friends. People see people who are on the out. I've seen it where they're on the outside. And they've seen me, you, I can name, you know, Tim. I, 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 I can name times where it with Griff, with Jordan, with Jim. Uh, and we're saying inside jokes and then they're looking and it sounds funny. They see us laughing, but they're kind of like, huh? And you want to, they want to be in. What, what's that about? What's that mean? I've been on the outside where people are saying things and I'm like, oh, what's that about? I think that kind of is what led, leads to it. You know, it's its own language. It's its own you know, you got to know Seinfeld. You don't know Seinfeld, you don't know Festivus. So you don't know yada, yada, yada. Even though they didn't make yada, yeah, yada, 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 but they made it bigger. Didn't invent it. But, yeah, I mean, I remember watching, I, I would I, I will say this. If it were, if, if, if it were several years ago and memes were already a thing, if it was like primetime Seinfeld, and memes were already a thing, I would think that it would be as blown up uh, just as it would be as big as fr- uh, friends or the office in regards to like meme culture. That, because that's basically what they were before memes were invented. I, I mean, uh, okay, like the yeah. office. Okay. You see constantly now with the office, um, you know, things posted online, different moments captured from the show. And, you know, everybody kind of shares in that laugh because they they get the reference. They've seen the office. And that was kind of, you know, that's what Seinfeld was like back in the day. There there were many people who didn't watch the show. I mean, there were only a few people here and there that I would come across who were like, ah, I don't really watch Seinfeld. And they were more so like people in our age group or younger. Um um, I disagree. I think, I think most, and I wasn't trying to make it like, but all right, like you said, most people definitely know Seinfeld, like, right. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you knew, even if you went the biggest TV watcher back in the, by the time mid to late nineties hit, you knew what you you knew what Seinfeld was. You know what I mean? Like, so I give it that it'd be hard to find someone who's around that time and, and from our age on up, who's like, what, what is Seinfeld? That I would be shocked by. A lot of people, I'll, I'll tell you this story um, about Rich Eisen, who, you know, sportscaster. And, and when he started ESPN doing Sports Center, he was paired with the late, great Stuart Scott. And, you know, I, Stuart Scott was a big impact on me doing what I'm doing now. I loved him. And Rich Eisen tells this show, because Stuart Scott – you know, it was black and would do a lot of references to a lot of like black culture. And he got a lot of heat for it that a lot of people didn't know about until once he passed away five years ago, it came out more. And so Stuart Scott did his references and, you know, hit went over well. And at one time, Rich Eisen did a Seinfeld reference and people on the set were laughing. And then they went to the commercial and Stuart Scott leaned over and said, what was that you said? I forget the exact reference. I should know it. But Rich Eisen was like, he says it again. He's like, it's from Seinfeld. And Stuart Scott looked at him and go, just shook his head and go, oh, okay. Brothers don't watch Seinfeld. And just kept going. And honestly, that's the truth. 
they, they I know my friend, what, they, they all could tell you what Seinfeld was. They knew it, but weren't watching Seinfeld. It wasn't as bad as Friends. But it, it like we're friends. It was like kind of like a distaste. Like it left a bad taste in their mouth. Seinfeld. It was like I'm not really into it. Just, and some of my family would be like, you know, when Kramer comes sliding in, it's kind of funny. That's about it. Like so, I don't think Seinfeld was everywhere with that necessarily. Either, no, it's a, it's a good point. Um, that's true. That's true. It, it did not. It did not capture every single demographic in the country. And. Uh, I I will say this though. I've seen people open up to it, like who didn't like it at first, but then, you know, like like my 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 buddy in college, like you know, yes. I had it on all the time. I don't all the time. We had two TVs in our dorm, mm-hmm. and me and Mike would just be chilling in there, and and you know, if he was studying or whatever, I was studying. I, I just kind of have Seinfeld on a loop because I had the DVDs, and he hated the show, but then it got to a point where even he was like. Are you going to put on next season? And, you know, I'm just saying if people gave it a chance more often than not, they liked it. I think, uh, I think it depends. Like big fans of it or liked it. Let's be real. Honestly. Also, we were, where we were at, you had very limited like channels. Like, I don't know why temples, Ambler campus where we were at did, I remember going to main campus. They had so many more channels. Um, so we gave shows and gave things, especially at this point. This is back in the 2000s. You know, there wasn't streaming. You know, YouTube is just starting out. So, you know, if we had all the channels that main campus did, I probably would not have given Scrubs <laughs> the chance I gave it. I gave it a chance, I get, which uh. I'm down to talk about in the future for sure. And it's not a bad show, but I gave that a chance because – there was very limited TV like channel options. Like I brought so many DVDs up there. You did too, because there was limited channels. And, um, you know, you had like, you had the regular, you had like CNN, ESPN, yeah. and felt like that was it. Like, you know, it was very limited. So to be fair, you, you gave shows that you didn't really, I became a much bigger golden girls fan because of that. Cause they, okay. They had life. Oh, oh, so lifetime, lifetime at night, late at night, I was up late. Well, hey, the Golden that's how I fell in love with the Golden Girls was growing up. Lifetime was the one place that was always re-airing them. And that was a sense of home at midnight, 1 a.m. They were playing the Golden Girls at Temple. I was watching it. So to be fair, I, I give you that. I think The Office has that, too. I think Friends, to an extent, has that where there's a lot of uh, a lot of preconceived notions. And not not all are wrong, either. A lot of them are true. But when you sit down and watch it, you're like, okay, it is funny. It's maybe not your favorite, but it's funny, even those who are strongly against it. So I think The Office has that. I think Friends has that as well. Yeah, but I do, I do get what you're saying. Like I got, I got the, uh, I got the hard pass last night when I suggested watching it to Jess. She gave me a, a hard no. Well, I'll, I'll say this, and maybe because I know I'm, I'm, but I, I don't waver in my opinion, but I could probably be in the minority. I probably am. You're right. That people will call it number one. And I would argue you, them, you give me the whole world. Not in a bad way, but just like for me, well, I look at shows, but let's stick, keep it to sitcoms. I look at the consistency factor versus, and that is more important to me than you. You make me laugh really hard. When you do make me laugh, you make me laugh hard. 
but it's inconsistent. And some people look at that different. Why I think The Office is great is because it hit both. It was consistently making me laugh really hard. Like, you know, and we, on previous, on a different show, we had talked about, uh, you know, The Office and how just there's so much in it. Seinfeld, even in its greater years, I can go even now. I know every episode, but I can go in some episodes, some some you might have one moment in the episode that I laugh, and the rest it's kind of like okay, and then some like the whole episode hilarious, and then you can go another two where I'm like eh, and then the next couple and they were hilarious. You know, it's inconsistent. I I like shows that are consistently doing it, and that's why I put Cheers ahead of it. I put All in the Family. I put the off. I put shows. You know, I I personally like Frasier for that reason ahead of Seinfeld. <clears throat> And I know people may say, but Frazier was consistent. I and mean, he laughed hard a lot of times, too. But it was consistent. I, see, I disagree 100%. I don't know where you get Seinfeld as being inconsistent. I, I'm wondering if it's just not your type of humor. It is. It's funny in certain ways, but I think it's, it is inconsistent. I think we, we went over I'm not going to go down that road again to three seasons. But I, if I pull up season five, not everything's a hit. It's it's really not. Now, what it does good, I think it also lets it be masked, is it has those pop culture f- references that eh, people know it for. But that if I ask people, people know the, the little kicks, you will get it. But tell me what else happens in the episode. They're going to blank. People, the, the soup Nazi, what else happens in that episode? You're going to blank. Now, when we talk about funny episodes for shows, you're telling me you can break down the plot line of the episode. But I've talked to a lot of people who, like, I love when Lane does that dance, but then what else happens? And they don't know it. Festivus, what else happens in the episode? Don't know it. They know Festivus. And that's great for pop culture references, and kudos to them. And I think you're right. They'd be meme kings if that was around. But that's also a knock. <sighs> Yeah, but you can say the same thing for any show. When we talk, I don't. I don't think so. Not not any not any show. Um, When we talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I could tell you the iconic moments, but we we could break down the episode. I knew not just when they're doing the you know uh, the dancing like jump on it. I know why they were they were in Vegas. Lost their. I can break down the episode. When we talk about the contest for Seinfeld, people talk about the episode. Am I wrong? You know what I mean? That's different. I bet you you ask most people what happens in the little kicks. I know you know it. Most people can't tell you. To be honest, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the episode. I don't even know that I would remember what else happens in, in the little kicks. But there's something to it that you remember Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's all I'm saying. There's something to it that you remember The Office like that. I know you watch it. Something to it that you remember um, Frasier. We talk about Frasier off air, and you can break down episodes and why it's funny. Seinfeld does have it, but there's a lot of moments that you'd like that, you like that moment. But the rest of the episode, you, it's blank. And then I've done, for me, research, the rest of the episode, is it's whatever. It's okay. But th- there's something to that for me, I think. Not in a, I'm not knocking it. It sounds bad because to be considered a top five sitcom in the history of television, 
is not a knock on it. You know what I mean? That's a compliment. I, how many sitcoms, how long's television been out? How, like, so I'm not discrediting Seinfeld, but I do think there's a populist wave lots of times with things. And that's where I go, wait a minute. And I also think that we are short-sighted with history a lot of times. And we want to say, you know, no knock on her. But And I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus, but that's the first, you know, when, when did you ever see a, a female actress do that? And don't get me wrong, she's great. Elaine's a great character. But no, that's why I, say, I did that on purpose. Lucille Ball did it before. Other people did do it before her, too. Murphy Brown came out, you know, before, like, Roseanne was before, and you know I agree. I don't. We I never really away. understood giving her like like people like saying like oh she was so groundbreaking and and you know to to interact that way with um, you know a, a cast full of other male characters and you know she held her own comedically and like all that stuff like I I never really got that either because I understood that there were people that came before her that did it just as well if not better. Um, but like you said, she was absolutely fantastic. Um, I would say that she still kind of, mm-hmm. like you could still say that she was like a part of that trailblazing, um, you know, women's comedian movement because it hadn't been done that much up until that point. Um, she's she's a part of it, but there's many. Uh, there's many people who did do it before on screen and even off screen. You know, we, we talk about like Gilda Radner on Saturday Night Live and, and yeah. you know, Lorraine Newton. Well, I mean, we can go, uh, we can go back and, and see that a lot of women did do it before her, but she is part of that. And like I said, people forget Roseanne and even Jackie on Roseanne, how huge that was. And Murphy Brown, how groundbreaking, you know, she was, um, She's a part of it, and she's great, and she should not be forgotten. But like you said, I know you know it. A lot of people say we never seen that. Yeah, well, and that's where I say it. she's not a foundational no, piece. I disagree. But she is I do include her in that in that movement? I mean, she's a part of it. I don't. I don't know. This this is really going to get tricky. She's part of it. She's great. Now, if you want to say was she the best at it? And that's a debate that's different to me because she was great. So I'm not, this is not a knock on Julia Louis Dreyfus. For me, a guy, and I do love history, when we forget about those, and it's not like, oh, the 1800s where there's no proof. Like, I Love Lucy is on syndication and probably has pumped the brick a little bit now, but all my life, I Love Lucy was on all the time. And I'm like, how are we forgetting about Lucy? You know, how are we forgetting about people that yeah. it wasn't Roseanne? I will how say this, like, though. In that? my opinion, she was the strongest actor on the show. And I think you see evidence of that with in the remainder uh, of her career. Maybe, maybe I'm not sure. That's a good question. I mean, most like, most versatile. Strongest versatile. I think um, she was definitely. It's not even a question. She was the one that had the most success after Seinfeld. Um, and I think. Oh yeah. That's yeah, a, a yeah, tribute to, sure. to her to her abilities, and I you know. I mean, a lot of people, when they think Seinfeld, they think Kramer because he's an outlandish character. They think George because he's like completely neurotic and and um, so many funny situations come from just, you know, following just his uh, his animated um, neurotic sense of self. But if we're looking at 
acting chops and we're looking at someone who could who could be versatile and take it in multiple directions and have a career after i think we got it you know she's the strongest one yeah i mean i i definitely she the strong i don't know well jason alexander's and he acted jerry's a stand-up jerry's talking about the stand-up yeah, physical Michael Richards was a, like an improv kind of and i also think of the four Elaine and and probably actually even more than Jerry was the most she was the most broad you know Kramer was very I don't know like one type of like you know what I mean like he wasn't like his range of like being able to like do stuff was different than what like Elaine had in my or same with George George was always kind of like that neurotic and and selfish like Elaine had like she, you know, had boys. She dated guys, different dudes, and and did different things. Had different jobs and worked in the workplace. You know, Kramer never. Kramer, we don't know uh, until you. I'm gonna give you that. You pointed out like how it was odd ways how he got his money. He would hardly leave his apartment. His character was very uh, oddball. That's maybe what I'm looking for. She had the least oddball character. Yeah, I would agree with that. But she did have very similar to Jerry. She did have her quirks. You know. Or she, when it came to like yes, dating, yes. Um, she always seemed to find something wrong with the guy, or you know, just like Jerry, you know, she she ate her peas one at a time. Like you can kind of like always looking for like a flaw, um, you know that that I remember that one episode where they're they're like you know talking about the fact that uh, he's a bad breaker upper, you know, he's a bad breaker upper. And the fact that they're even considering that as being yeah. a, a, a bad thing about a person to get into a relationship with, like they're almost, you know, both of them in their flawed ways never really took relationships that seriously. Well, I think when I look at Kramer and George and Jerry and Elaine, the difference, one of the differences is on, say, their, you know, real life. You could kind of look at Kramer and George and be like, "There's some. There, these are some different people." Jerry and Elaine could kind of blend in, and then like that's why I think you saw like they dated certain people, and then they would drop these these quirky bombs on them that they didn't see coming. Where like Kramer and George, you kind of you saw like their odd characters. Like you just looked at them, and and once they opened their mouth, it was. <laughs> Yeah, we're like Jerry. Yeah. They and, they definitely fit better in society in. than George and Kramer. They operated better within yes. within those spaces. And I feel well, you know, Elaine was, in my opinion, the most intelligent of of the bunch, and it, that was that was made known in the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when she really no. Do you remember? I think Jerry was Jerry. like common like uh, common sense. Um, observational humor and like street smarts, but Elaine intelligent, it, like in regards to her her knowledge and how intelligent she was, she she always had the most prominent jobs. She, but there, remember there was that one episode where uh, George had her take a standardized test for him, the the IQ test. Um, she was known for being the more intellectual of the group. Um, I, Jerry, I think was a close second. Uh, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, I look. I guess you look at it differently. I guess how you define it. Yeah, how you look at intelligence. Maybe by just straight up academia IQ wise. But Jerry, you know, he wanted to be a comedian. But Jerry, I think, did have. He had, I, you know, common intelligence. He had a what's yes. the word? Emotional intelligence. The most out of the four of them, and he did have the street smarts. And he, I think, and that's what I was going to. You kind of set up the point for me. Jerry's character is very underrated and Jerry's character. I agree. The most I think he's definitely the, the, um, the, the axis. I think he's the glue. Um, it revolves around him. I don't disagree with that at all. I think he is the most important. Um, because I, I think we overlook how, how hard it is to be a straight man, which he was, and he was funny in that role too. Uh, Jerry was very good as a straight man and how that's always needed because if you have every character, you need someone to kind of be that person to look and be like, oh, this is a bad idea or, or mm-hmm. that that behavior is odd. You know what I mean? Like you need someone to do that. Yeah, he kind of always, he, he, he had he so that. many of those moments where within the scene, he was like an audience member. You know, like he he picked up on the fact that something was ridiculous or, yeah. and it was all observational. It was, it, and it was so well done and it was so within just, I feel like his true character, just how his comedy was outside of the show. It, it, it was, you know, very observational. It's, um, it's, it's, it's um, a very, you know, I don't want to use the word intellect because I look at it as something, as something different, but uh, he, he had a very unique perspective. Um, that led to a lot of great observational humor. And he was able to kind of dial in on things that maybe the average person wouldn't pick up on, but that everybody at some point would think about. Um, Whether it be, you know, in the middle of an interaction with, uh, you know, everybody in his apartment or, you know, just um, a comment like, "Mm, that's a shame. You know, it's just like those subtle like quips, which he was, that, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. those were his, strongest moments and i think the most overlooked is when he would make that little side jab and it would be so quick and you'd be so distracted by like george freaking out or kramer sliding in that you wouldn't really pick up on how funny it was and you're you're right he played he played a great straight guy he played it you know he he was that guy in the room that just kind of glued everything together and and was was the was the observer within the scene that he, I, I agree with you 100%. Most important character. And I think it doesn't really, to me, I don't know how others, because you're in the Seinfeld nation a lot more than I am, but when you see season eight, you know, Chicken Roaster, Kenny Rock, to me, that's where it shows, A, it shows Jerry's range, but to me, B, it shows, in my opinion, if you didn't see how important Jerry is to that, oh yeah, because when him and Kramer flip characters and, and you know flip that you know switch apartments and Jerry's being Kramer, Kramer's being Jerry, you kind of you see like okay, there's 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 definitely a point, and you see the importance of Jerry. So yeah, that, and it's that's, not until I, 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 that, that's, that's a great point episode. by you. It's not until you see Kramer acting as Jerry that you realize you know, just how important Jerry is as, as a character on the show and that he has his own style and his own, um, his own way of talking. And uh, it's such a good episode. That's such a good episode. 
Mr. Marbles? Mr. Marbles? So you yeah. You you've you've grilled me, but then and I know maybe there's still some classic shows you have to see. I'm not sure. I won't speak for you. So then what where's your is Seinfeld number one for you? It's it's a guaranteed top three. Uh, like what, I'm not gonna say it's at? definitively number one. Um I am not as I'll fully admit I'm not as familiar with All in the Family as you are, so that I, I have to kind of, you know, I have to make that known. Um, but uh, I come back to Cheers and Frasier. Um, Cheers, Frasier, and Seinfeld. That makes up my top three. I don't know in which order I would put them. It would probably be Cheers 1, Seinfeld 2, Frasier 3, followed by The Office at 4, and then um, I do, although I'm not as familiar with the show, I do recognize that All in the Family is, it's a, you know, a, a, a consensus top five. So I probably put All in the Family at five. Um, but that's how it would look for me. I would probably put Seinfeld at two. Cheers had a longer run. It did more with an ensemble cast. Um, and... You know, humor-wise, I don't think Cheers is quite up there with Seinfeld, but it does plenty of other things well. So, I, yeah, Cheers one, Seinfeld two. Now, don't hold me to this though. It's not we're not etching this in stone. Uh, Frasier three. And, and no, Frasier three. That'll be for a episode. With probably. Frasier, I've never watched a show before in my life where there was not one single dud episode which to me has to go for that over now don't get me wrong if i can look at take out all, all in the family in the office no i don't think seinfeld made me laugh harder than those two shows even at like seinfeld's funniest like the funniest episode of seinfeld does not make me laugh and, and now don't get me wrong there's other shows that made me laugh harder but on this all-time list because then Laughing hard. I could put Fresh Prince in there. I could put Cosby Show. Sanford and Son made me laugh really hard. You know, so I, I'll, I'll taxi. So I'll take it out. Well, I'm talking about just on his all-time list. All in the Family and The Office definitely made me laugh harder than than uh, Seinfeld. So I look at, like, Cheers and Frasier. Yeah, Seinfeld's funniest moment made me probably laugh harder than Frasier's yeah, yeah, funniest moment. Or Cheers' funniest Yeah, I could moment, say right? the same about Fresh Prince, like I like Fresh Prince's funniest moments. I think made me laugh more than Cheers's funniest moments. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, that's what I, I, I get what yeah, you're I saying. There's got to be, yeah, you know, yeah. but you got to consider other other criteria when you're talking about the greatest shows of all time. That's what makes it so hard. But yeah, I, and I think you look at the degree of difficulty. Uh, Cheers. As to me, what's impressive, and that's why it'll be number one and why I couldn't put The Office, that there's no difference than if Friends had the Ross-Rachel thing and Jennifer Aniston leaves after season four or something. Friends, I know, I mean, you never know. Thank goodness they didn't have to go through it. I could, do you really, how high do you think that we would say Friends was even funnier yeah. when Rachel left the show? I think highly unlikely. So then for five years, it's a great show. And you're built around the centerpiece of Sam and Diane, and then you've—I've heard Jimmy Burrow say it. Um, 
A lot of people said cheers when that happened in, you know, spring of 87. Cheers ended when Shelly Long walked out that door, went up those cheers steps. And I can't blame people back back then for saying it because that's the plot line. To then come back and you add in Kirstie Alley and then you make, you know, Lilith a stronger character and, and all that. And it's funnier, in my opinion, those season six on to 11 is funnier than one through five is impressive. To lose the heart of the show mm-hmm. after season three when Coach dies, the real actor, Nikki, you know, Constantine, and then you replace him with Woody Harrelson and you don't miss a beat and it's just as funny. You can make an argument even funnier. Like, that's improbable. To bring in Frazier and to make him a great character, to blend him into the bar, improbable. To bring in Lilith, to make, like, it is insane. So that's where I have to give it. And no, like, there's no, not there's a not. bad and season. That's a testament to, to, to the me. casting directors and, and the writers. In my opinion, greatest casting of all time, greatest writing of all time. And you saw you saw the writing transfer over to Frasier and it was just as impactful because I also consider Frasier to be one of the best written shows of all time. I just thought the writing was so strong in those two shows that it puts a top three regardless. And I think it's a great point that you make no matter, no matter who they lost. And let's, let's be honest. Coach was a huge loss. Yeah, Absolutely. So, yeah, he's the heart of the show to, in, my, in those first know, three years. He's the heart. Still, like, continue the, the coach charm, but within a different character? Genius. Genius. I, you know, I'll i be honest, hot take. It is really I didn't mind brilliant. seeing Diane Leaf. Brilliant. At all. So, but the. No, I didn't either. I didn't either. Yes. She was my mine, least mine favorite well. character in those first mine five well. years. <laughs> But she's a she wasn't bad, but um, looking and I we had the benefit of hindsight back in 1987 when she left. I we probably would be like, uh, what, mm. what, what are they going to do? You know, like like it, it's hard because that is that was the core was that relationship. It got way better. Um, I look at. You know, and this is where I disagree so strongly. And I don't know. I, I always wonder. I don't know how you would feel if you really do a deep dive and watch All in the Family. I'm not. Sh- I don't think you think it was bad, but the guts that it did to, and you know, January of '71. You know, really after the '60s and civil rights, and to bring on a character like Archie Bunker, and as and if I that's why Norman Lear is a genius, but he'll always be a goat for me because. To take that chance and then credit to Norman Lear and the right, but credit to Carol Connor to have a character to make he's lovable. He's so racist and bigoted, but he to me that's I've always been a debate. Did he do more? Do let like to me he showed that those racist mindsets are so outlandish and crazy you can even laugh at it. How stupid it is, how gutsy that, is. and then also in the moment. Where certain episodes, when you know, when you know his daughter is pregnant and she loses the baby, and how empathetic and how you just saw a father trying to be there for his daughter, or when him and his son-in-law, who always clashed, and they're stuck, they own a bar and they're they got locked into the freezer, and they're drinking to keep warm, and Archie is drunk but pretty much talks about how his father physically abused him, but he's defending his father because you can't say your father was wrong. And how you felt bad for him. Like, 
the range to do that, the guts, and that's one other thing. People are like, that's Seinfeld's the first characters. You know, you really didn't like them, or they didn't have any like whatever. You know, but you still liked them anyway. They were they were not the greatest people, but you liked them. That's the first time. No, we have Louis De Palma from Taxi. We have Archie Bunker. You know, we have characters we've seen that before. So, and that the degree of difficulty for that, how hard that is, is. is that's why I got to give all the family over Seinfeld and just to really look at these things, these controversial topics and to dive into those week by week it is, 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 is to me harder. Yeah. But you still have to admit writer, when it comes to Seinfeld, Seinfeld, they're all flawed characters and they were all, you know, not really great people, but you still somehow find, found yourself rooting for them. In in uh, in most episodes, and that's that's not an easy thing to pull off. I don't think so. I don't think you rooted for him. I think you didn't mind. The, I didn't when they the finale when they. Went I think jail, a lot of I, I don't think a lot of people like liked the finale, and I think one that was like part at least part of it was for that reason. Right. Like they wound up in jail, and I like I get it from the creator standpoint. Like Larry David saying, "Like look, mm. these weren't." nice people like this is kind of like more realistic like what, what would happen to like these kind of people but like, i don't think anybody wanted i don't think a lot of people wanted that as the ending see i don't think the jail was the bad i think what people didn't like in my opinion was it was pretty much and i'm with you i understand why larry david did it um but it was pretty much just going back in like yeah, a, a yeah. replay of everything that had happened throughout their history and showing all those people when especially the week before you get a retrospective, like, you know, which I really like when you watch Seinfeld, like the retro is really good. You did it the week before and you pretty much just had a live version of another retrospective of just showing all mm. the characters and all the crazy stuff they got into I think to me, I think that's where people really didn't like it. Like it was just a replay of, and it's also you know for those who are more casual fans, if you didn't watch right. the show, it was a bad religiously. Character you didn't know all those people that that finale. And I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to, yeah. I guess it was a little bit of fan service where you know, for instance, with Jackie Childs and and uh, Jerry's former girlfriend um, who was played by um, Terry Hatcher and, you know, they're, um, they're spectacular. Like you bring in lines back like that. And it's kind of a bit of fan service there, but it didn't work because you had the characters kind of end up in a bad spot. And you had the, the episodes seemed to focus on this, like this just carousel of former characters doing their shticks and, you know, and, just uh, it just wasn't it wasn't what I had hoped for. I think you know the the average Seinfeld fan watching the show probably would have liked to seen you know George end up finally with a decent job like writing for the sitcom and just give the characters a better ending than what they got. Mm-hmm. But you can argue that what they got is what they deserved. See, I, I think, and maybe this is where, I'm not saying my way is always the way to go, but um, I I kind of think the opposite. Maybe that's why I pick those other shows on an objective list higher and on a personal list I pick a lot of shows higher is I didn't care. 
about what happened to them at the end. Like they were there, they 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 were in their own little group. I didn't care. And I look at the other shows we named. I cared when Diane left and Sam was like heartbroken. I cared. I cared what happened with Frazier and Lilith and everyone on Cheers. I cared on Frazier, who Frazier ended up with. I cared about Niles being with, with Daphne. I cared. I still laughed, but I cared. I felt emotion, humor, and laughed, but I felt emotion in other ways. And, and you know, same with all the family. I cared about Archie Bunker and, and the Jeffersons and when he had that confrontation with Lionel or well, when all and this... George finally met. I cared what happened. Um, I don't care about those other shows. I care with Michael but Scott. But all those, the all the, all these shows Japan. that you're mentioning didn't care about Seinfeld. Have that emotional component to them. Seinfeld, Seinfeld did it. Seinfeld just was pretty much strictly right. humor. And I think that's to me, like you said, why I don't think people cared. Which you're right, but to my to my point, why people didn't care about them being in jail in the finale because no one really cared about them. I don't think it was about like, how can it end that way? I think no one cared like about these people. Like, and I also think that to me is a more degree of difficulty when you can bring in the writing, bring in the innovation and you're on that par with uh, a Seinfeld and you're making me laugh pretty close, more consistently for me, in my opinion, and close to as hard. And I'm also feeling, and I feel like I'm part, I never felt, I mean, that's a knock against friends. Never felt like I was in that world. I I never felt like I was in that Seinfeld world. Like I never felt like, yeah, I want to be in Jerry's apartment. Like I felt like I wanted to be in the, I want to work at Dunlar Mifflin. I wanted to be in that bar in Cheers. I wanted to be in Seattle with Frazier and I love to be in that apartment and see, like, I didn't get that. And I think maybe that's where to do both is why I put Seinfeld. I mean, like I said, number five is good, but well, I feel I, I'll take those other four shows like ahead. This of is going, this, this has been an ongoing debate for uh, since we began talking about television, and I don't see it ending anytime soon. No, and I think we haven't had it in a while about Seinfeld. Um, so it was it was good to have that. I think, uh, like I say, I I I know a lot of people want to call it the greatest, and I and I don't necessarily knock that opinion. I don't think like, oh, you're crazy. I just think we forget a lot of things, and I think it's also good to see that's exactly like, right. That was how be we my next point. Greatness. It's like how much weight do you give for each? You know, piece of criteria like for each criteria. How much weight do you give to just being funny, as opposed to being multidimensional, as opposed to being, um, you know, uh, a, a part of, um, you know, how how big are you in pop culture, and and uh, you know, you becoming part of the American lexicon. How much weight do you give to each of those things? And if you're giving weight to just being like overall just being funny it's got to be a top three i i don't think so i i said i think other shows were more consistently funny than seinfeld seinfeld's one of the funniest shows but i don't think seinfeld had way more. we just named we you said it yourself frazier 
cheers. You don't know all in the family, but they are. I, well, I don't agree with you on the consistency part. Than Seinfeld. I thought Seinfeld was very consistent. You, you, no. So you think Seinfeld has no bad episodes? When did I say Seinfeld That's not had, what had you said. Okay, bad episodes? You're flipping. You're flipping. Flip flops. Yeah, bad is a strong. Like bad is a strong word. There are episodes that them flipping flop is on. You have no. I'm not saying seasons. I, no, no, you no, no. See, you're switching. You're switching the words on me. You, you're asking me about if, if there are any that. bad episodes, no, and, then, okay. and now you're saying that all the episodes are strong. No, 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 no. I, no, not a bad. Okay, no, bad. Not bad. There's not a bad episode in seasons one through three. Wow. Okay, you know. You have flipped it, and you're saying this for the podcast because you would always agree with me. Aren't the strongest? Isn't the same as bad. One through three aren't the strongest, and you get it. But you're like, you're not that bad. Hey, Prince, we're talking about all time greatest here. You, you, we're not talking about is it good. We're talking about all time greats. If you have ones that aren't that strong, like just like hey, some people will say eight and nine for or let for the office aren't that bad. That that is a well, knocker. Nine. Season, season for nine, what I'm talking about ranking it all time. There. Um, you know what I mean? Well, I also think that right. seasons so, one through three signed for you, you said it has and bad not, seasons. I don't think any of are them you? are bad episodes, but I, I don't think there are a lot of like okay episodes, and there are a lot of like episodes that aren't particularly strong, but should still get respect because of what they were doing at the time. Oh my gosh! No way! Come on, man! You can say that about honesty. Cheers was different. Cheers was at a time. All in the family. You can say that for that. I'll knock some of all in the family stuff that wasn't the strongest toward the end and a little bit in that early like no. that first few se- episodes. I will give that to you. You gotta say the same here. There's something to it. I, I don't Cheers see, and see, I don't think bad seasons episodes. of like one, two, three, Seinfeld were were popular, but that doesn't mean they weren't good. No, I think definitely one and two weren't good. I think three showed potential. I said I'll give you that. Three's not. I wouldn't put it up there, like as like Seinfeld's golden stuff. But I'll, I'll give you three. I think there's a re- like we say there's a reason why four is the breakthrough season. And a lot of people, and I'm not um, sure where you it's stood. It's different. Like I think it's still great. I mean, one of the greatest episodes in Seinfeld's history came in season nine with the Merv Griffith show. That like. It, seasons eight and nine were great. They were a little bit different after the departure of Larry David. You had less of those Larry David type scenes. Like you think of Larry David and and his sense of humor. You think of you know the stuff that you see on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like the scene where and I think this is even season two or three, where Jerry is at the um, is at the car rental place and he's talking with the clerk behind the counter about how the you know, the uh, reservation policy or whatever doesn't make any sense. That's like a Larry David type of thing. You know, like that's, that's a Larry David observational, like, you know, just, I'm like, I'm just going to call, call you out. Like what I'm thinking, like, you know, we all think it inside, but Larry David actually says it. Like he's got so many of those moments. Um, You didn't really get many of the Larry David-esque type scenes in seasons eight and nine, um, which I missed. But at the same point, 
I really appreciated what Jerry Seinfeld did with the show and the direction that they took it. I mean, at, at that point, they had all grown into their own as characters. Um, the show wasn't really about nothing anymore. It hasn't it hadn't been for several seasons, but that didn't take away from how funny it was. And, you know, the situational comedy, how great it was. I I'm in agreement. I think nine's one of the best seasons um, of the show. I agree with you on that, but I'm saying a lot of people do not agree, and that's what I'm saying. A lot of people will flip it and like one through three and say eight and nine were not good seasons. So I'm saying either way you have it. I don't agree with those people. I think one through one and two definitely are, and three is okay. It's not one of the stronger seasons. It's kind of a weaker season. So I'm saying either way. You have people on either side, whether the beginning of the show or the end, are knocking those seasons. I get it. Like, I understand why people would look at the the peak seasons as being four through seven. Like, I get it. And you could make an argument that they were. But but it doesn't mean that there was a big drop. I don't see – like, when you compare Seinfeld seasons eight and nine to The Office season – or even Friends season eight and nine, there's no comparison. Seinfeld beats both of them hands down. Like I, I saw Larry David as yes a big loss because that but but at that point the show had already been so established and taken on a life of its own that it could kind of just with the characters alone it, it could it could it could hold steady like there, there there was nobody that you lost from the cast that was so devastating like you know season seven of The Office you lose Michael Scott like. And then it just it goes downhill. I I don't know. It's, it's just my opinion. I I, I think that it's strong from from four through nine, and I think one through three are underappreciated. Mm. No, I think I think they're not underappreciated by the masses. I think they get appreciated, but I don't think. I think there's a drop off, and I don't think most people, minus like the Chinese restaurant by critics, when you're talking about the moments that you, everything that you've said in this conversation, those pop culture references, those iconic moments are not one through three. And what people fell in love with the show, it's not, you could say the foundation's one through three, but it's not one through three, in my opinion. And I think I don't knock it. It's, I, I give them credit for, for, for trying it, but. I will knock it where it's not. When we're talking about all-time greatest shows, you got to stripe it. If you're not striping it in a season, you got to kill it. If you're not killing it, you're okay. I'm not. I'm, we're not talking about then. Is it okay? Is it all right? I thought this is a great season. That's what I'm talking about. He had a great run. Like we're talking about Michael Jordan's career. We're talking about the Bulls dynasty. We ain't talking about '87, '88. We're talking about the dynasty years. The 91, 98, the 90s. Like, that's what I'm talking about. So that's where it's like, that ain't part of the dynasty. They're they're still building the team then in Seinfeld's one through three. Dynasty is for some four through seven. So you would Others put, myself, you, would, you, you would weigh Cheers and Frazier's consistency higher. You would weigh that more than Seinfeld's peaks. Because Seinfeld, if you're saying Seinfeld wasn't as consistent, you still have to acknowledge the fact that when they peaked, it was the biggest thing on television. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um. When when Cheers peaked, Cheers was a top rated show too. So Cheers had that. And we look at all time on the family. Now it depends on how much you look in the ratings. Uh, on family, number one for five years in a row. In the ratings. So. Well, no, no. I, well, that's I, what I, you're when talking about. Peak, when it peaked, it was the big. You just said that the, the biggest show. I mean, so looking at, at, well, you, at the funniest episodes, the biggest moments where the show really hit its stride. Um, yeah, well, I look at Cheers, Frasier, The Office, On the Family. Those are the four I would put ahead of Seinfeld. A, I don't think that like it wasn't like a big jump off of a difference. Like when I laughed the hardest at Seinfeld, I don't even know if I. It, it's beyond the Office made me laugh more consistent and harder. So it all in the family, and maybe I might say Frazier did as well, honestly, in certain moments. But it wasn't a big jump off of who made me laugh harder, and there was a drop off. I can, of of those five, Seinfeld is the one to me that is, and maybe depending on the time, the reference on the families in the early seventies. So maybe people today wouldn't watch All in the Family and it's humor. You have to understand it. But those other three, I, I have binge watched. I, I can't binge watch Seinfeld, you know, and I, I can't I don't laugh as hard as I do for those other shows and nowhere near as consistently. And to me, there is a thing. If I look at if I'm over at your house and we, we have on Netflix, whatever streaming and I say cheers, uh, the office. Uh, Frazier, you're not, no one's going to say this season, that season. They're going to go with it. If I say Seinfeld, people will say, uh, you'll get that. Now, you're not from you, but you'll get that from the room. And that means something. I can put on any Frazier episode and you're not going to complain. You may say, oh, because you have a preference. Let's do it at that one. You won't complain about any Frazier or yeah, but with Frazier, no, but with Frazier, for the first seven seasons. People just complaining about Frazier in general because it's, it's more geared towards intellectual humor. Like it's, it's very clever. It's very clever. And I don't, and the characters, I don't feel like everybody I disagree. Fell in, like, I don't feel like if I'm, if I'm like over somebody's house and they're asking like what show to put on, I, I don't know that people fall like, are as intrigued by the characters in Frasier as they are in Seinfeld. Like, I don't know that somebody would, would, would opt for Frasier over Seinfeld at like, you know, if you're just watching something hanging out. Now you, we've had this conversation before and so many of our I friends, we've awesome. had this with, with our other, uh, conversation I with our other friends as well. Dude, ha, dude, how many have actually said that they like and watch Frasier besides us? Oh, our close group of friends. Like okay, so what like friends Jim, are you talking about? Jim, um, who, wh- whoever else you you, you just none, 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 none are in these conversations. That's the reason why they're not on this podcast. Like, or we they're in our our TV conversations. We're always a two man race. None of them I respect when it comes to talking about. Sitcoms Ooh, so, so and, and, and that debate of all time and what's the best. None of them I respect. Now I respect them. Yeah, it's not. It's. I'll be honest. Like I don't. We don't talk that. I talk that with you. Um, I'll talk current shows with them. I respect their opinion on what's on today or what's on recent times. But uh, I've never really heard Tim talk about or Jim their Seinfeld knowledge and did they watch it. 
they all like The Office, which is of uh, this conversation a recent show. But I've never heard them talk about Seinfeld like that. Besides, make no offense, but like cracking a joke on how much you love Seinfeld. Jordan's the one friend who I know who loves Seinfeld, like like with you. Uh, other than that, I don't. None of them I know can tell me about Cheers smartly, or All in the Family, or you know, I don't even know about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air with some of them. I'll be honest. Like I, and then I know they know it and probably have watched it. Are they bigger fans as me and you? So. I know. I, I know in my group of people who I do talk about this outside of you, like Frazier, no Frazier, and honestly have talked about, like, to me, no. I don't think Daphne's relatable. I think Martin's relatable. Um, I think Roz is relatable. And also what they do with Frazier and Niles really well is that you see them, they're, they're smart and intelligent and really, like, upper class, but they get into these calamities in these situations, you, you can laugh at them. They're not saying they're, they're not, you, the, the comedy makes it where like the jokes on <sighs> them. So that's why I think I it is. I relatable. Know, man. I... I, I'm telling you, I, I am. I'm telling you, I'm telling you like, and this is, this is for me doing the read and hearing other people outside of it, break it down even and listen to it. Um, there's a podcast I was going to show you about it where, People talk about why a lot of minorities connect with Frazier, and it's surprising. And I'm like, oh, but then there's art. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Um, you know, the, the the relationship that Frazier has with Martin going in, and he's you know, the family's kind of whatever, kind of apart, and that they don't feel like they feel like black sheeps compared to the dad. And there's so many different layers of it that, um, yeah, I, I think Frazier is honestly more not on surface. You wouldn't think that. But if you watch this show, I'm going to give that some thought. I don't want to disagree with you right away. I got to give that some more thought. Um, but, you know, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I never, never really looked at Frazier that way in regards to, you know, how relatable I thought it was. But you may, you may have a point. You may have a point. Well, because, you know, I, honestly, when I was younger and saw it, I was like, how is Frazier, you know, I, you can even, and you see this, the seeds of that in, in Cheers, where he is in the in these awkward situations, you know, Diane leaves him at the altar, and he gets egg on his face, and then he blends in with the guy that Cheers, and he's, he's elitist, but he gets in just as many awkward and goofy situations as the rest of the guys, and he can also blend in with them, and to me, that sets it up. Where Cheers tamed Frazier. Frazier was Niles. And he was. When you watched when Frazier first appeared on Cheers, he was like Niles. And then Cheers kind of tamed him. And also, I think his divorce and having to get away, but tamed him. And then you see the difference in Niles and how odd and ridiculous Niles looks, especially in the early years of Frazier. And then you see them with women, with, with exes, with who they marry. Um, situations that they there's a lot of time the egg on the face of them and a lot of times martin is maybe not iq but street wise he's smart well seinfeld does that well and, too in part especially and, you know, with george and how they interact with you with know people. the egg wind up being on 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 their faces um especially i mean especially george george was the the key for that but he, yeah, but I don't think they're relatable. I don't think I don't I don't think you see egg on the face and you relate to them and and I think you laughed at them and and they were I think, I think it's more if I can escape 
And I think that's where I think you know, the situations in which uh, they found Curb, themselves Curb in has were, that too. I think too were relatable because it cut. It came from like Jerry Seinfeld's observational humor and and Larry David's um um kind of like you know ability to tap into common experiences, um, but then like you know uh, say what he's actually thinking. Um, but the characters themselves, I can I can see why you wouldn't find them to be as relatable. The, the situation that they find themselves in kind, kind of are. Yeah, I think some. I think it's hit or miss. I think some are, some aren't. I'll be honest. I think some some hit and some don't, which I think was why people don't like season eight and nine. I do. But eight and nine are definitely more absurd, and I think others aren't. Others aren't, and some are. I think the Chinese restaurant, I can see that. The parking space, I can see that. Um, the the garage, yeah, like, there's certain that's things, true. But others are really especially eight absurd. And nine. Especially eight and nine. You know. Well, the yeah, you know, like the Frogger episode, like that's. It's funny, even I like that. But, but, but well, I mean, yeah, but the, the shrinkage like, episode—that's like every guy's car- feet. I don't think that's the thing. But like that would happen. To them. Oh, I just said I. There are some. It's it's hit or miss with relatability. There's some that it's like yeah, and others no. So I, I don't think it's a. I wouldn't say that's a consistent thing. That the situations they get into are relatable. I think. It's hit or miss. I think some are, some aren't. Like the switch, I, the switch is um, my favorite episode. Yeah, the switch, that's not that's a great. I, one. That's not relatable. That's my favorite episode. That and Merv Griffin. I neither that's one are relatable episodes. They're funny, but uh, the marine biologist when trying to that, trying to not trying to impress a girl and coming up with like this. Yeah, not not. This I don't kind think of that's lie to impress a girl, but it's funny. I know, but it's great. It's great where it, it starts goes. off there, and it goes way out there. <laughs> it goes way out there. It is great, but it's way out there. Everything Kramer I'll say does. this: Kramer is... like you talk about outlandish. Not, one of my favorite episodes of all time. He is, I, but he's I feel not like one that's kind of forgotten about. The package from season eight when um, Elaine's like curious about what the doctors are writing about her and she can't like get seen by any doctors and then George is like hitting on the girl at the one hour photo place and winds up like having Kramer take like a photo shoot of him to to like flirt with her and then gets busted by by the uh, by Newman and the mail crew with like you know his his half naked poses and everything like now that's outlandish that's an example of an outlandish one but it still works because it's funny I'm not saying it's not funny, but I'm saying to the, what we were just recently talking about, you said that the characters aren't labeled, but the situations are, and I think they're hit or miss when it comes to that. I don't think that's a, like, yes. Like, for me, and I think some may agree with you on it, and that's fine, but I think there's certain ones, like you said, shrink, certain ones, yeah. Other ones are outlandish, which is what Seinfeld was about to an extent to me, but 
you know, because like I said, I think that's why it's important to say it's not a, the concept. What it becomes known as the show about nothing. But even Jerry Seinfeld recently, and a lot of times you read throughout, it was about how comedians find material. When you say that part, then you get it because comedians find material, and a lot of comedians have a they, it's based in reality. But you're going to up it and ramp it up for storytelling and comedic effects. So I think that to me then makes it okay. Like like the switch, for example, I can see the switch where you date somebody, you like them, and then you meet their roommate, or it could be their sister or their cousin, and you're more attracted and connected to that person. But it's not like you don't like the person you're dating, but you're just more connected to, and you kind of wish, like, man, I wish I was dating her sister, but I can't. Now, the whole schemes, that, how many people do that? That's not realistic. So that's why, to me, basing it off of comedian material, then kind of, you get No, but like, everybody is, is, but I watch the switch. is I'm interested like, yeah, in how you do that, right? Pull that like, off. No. Well, that's not a common thing. You know, like it's it's intriguing. It's it's interesting to see if that if if you can really pull that off. And they they like over, you know, dramatize it and and everything. But I I I I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I, I get where you're coming from too. I I like I said this this would sound like it's a not. If you're considered a top fiver, and to me, you can't have a conversation unless you're going to mention Seinfeld. But I wouldn't put it at one, or you know, it would be fifth on mine. But that's you know, I understand, but I, I, I just, just other reasons why I put these other shows above it. Um, but I'll ask this: Where do you, do, you know, we mentioned the Larry David connection? Curb is an interesting one because it's an HBO show. And a lot of people say they like Curb better than Seinfeld, but then it's it's a different world. So, like, do you open it up, and then when you add in, like, a Curb, can, kind of Curb, if you um, open it up, Curb can be an all-timer. Make yeah, it but go, it's so honestly. hard. I'll be honest. You can't if judge you open according up to the same to standards. Everything. You know what I mean? I mean, premium channel shows, they just, they're able to do so much more. I feel like Seinfeld pushed the envelope as much as it could within the confines of primetime NBC. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're going to include Curb in there, Curb can give Seinfeld a run for its money. And I know that's saying a lot, but. I think Curb's funnier than if you include. It's different, but I I also think Seinfeld is not a show that uh, would have done better. Uh, I can't really imagine it on premium. It's tough for me to imagine. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it. That's not Jerry Seinfeld's humor. He's not a blue comic, and a lot of it. So that's not him. Um, even with like the the, the contest. I think that loses its luster because, it, like, I remember um, people talk about Howard Stern, right? And I doesn't. I think Howard Stern, as time has gone on, I appreciate he's a good interviewer. I've never liked Howard Stern's con. I never thought he was funny. I thought it was out too outlandish. But I can see as he's gotten older, I see his chops as a great interviewer. Um, but a lot of people say 
him being on Sirius took away from it because in the 80s and 90s, him being on terrestrial radio and him pushing the boundaries and knowing that, uh uh-oh, like he's going to get fined or you can't say that made him funnier than when he's on Sirius and he could just flat out say it, it lost its luster. And I'm wondering, like, to me, I think if Seinfeld... Yeah, well, because just with that episode, so much test, of the comedy it revolved around the it's fact that they couldn't funny. say it. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think Seinfeld is one that maybe you could compare Seinfeld and Curb because I don't think, like, oh, Seinfeld didn't have those restrictions. It could do more, I think it would be the same and if and in some ways it'd be hurt if it would be on it. So I think maybe you can compare them because I think Curb couldn't do what Curb did on network TV. It needs a pre like an outlet like HBO and I think Seinfeld could only do what he did on network TV. It, it wouldn't yeah, be but as good it's still on tough to, yeah, HBO. But I get what you're saying. But in my opinion it's still tough to compare them to one another. Like I All I know is we, we do it with dramas. Dramas don't – we don't hear that with dramas. Breaking Bad got way more pull on AMC. Mad Men did. Sopranos and The Wire, obviously, with HBO. The Shield, was, which is a part yeah. of this era, with FX. Then, like, The West Wing did with NBC. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. And You're opening up to a whole new thing. Shows. It's a good debate. It's just saying, like, I'm one who, there's no question, Curb is funnier than Seinfeld. And from you saying it in the past, I was hesitant to compare. I've heard a lot of people compare it, but I would be like, yeah, well, Curb had whatever. But now, yeah, but do you have it, to look at that as criteria? Would it wouldn't be better if it compare, had it. Like, you know what I mean? I, so I, think I don't know. I don't know if that should be a factor its, in. Like the comparison, like at, at no point did, did I did I consider one of the problems being like if Seinfeld went to HBO, would it be better? I, I'm not really considering that. I'm just looking at the fact that you know Curb Curb had a little bit more leeway than Seinfeld. I don't know, man. I'm talking myself in circles now. But that's. But I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they both hit their max comedic potentials. I don't, that's why, you're right. I never watched Seinfeld and still don't and say, well, if it had what Curb had the leeway, it'd be funnier. I don't think that. I think Seinfeld hit his potential on NBC. It did push the boundaries. And a lot of times, Larry David was threatened to quit and they left him alone. Like, they, they, the only thing was like the contest, they kind of were like, like, like the Chinese restaurant. Larry Davis like, you change it, I'll quit. They didn't change it. They wanted to. With the contest, they just said, you can't say masturbation. So, like, they, they didn't really get bothered a lot on NBC. They were questioned, like, I don't get it. But they got left alone, so that's where I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I think you can compare them because they hit their Such potential. And I think Curve is funnier than Seinfeld. And I'm willing to back. I mean, I that one. So many people love Curb, and I I think Curb could be a run at the goat. 
Curb is just I think Curb is no hands down. But funnier. but but, like, but why? Like in Seinfeld. You know I, mean? I think a lot like, of people like what makes why in your opinion is Curb funnier than Seinfeld? Why? Oh, I believe it kind of didn't have the whole back. I think Curb just does it. Curb is not it's more relatable than Seinfeld where people have thoughts and he just says it. And and that's where like I, you know everyone has thoughts about something if something is awkward or odd. Some people do say them, you know, we see it in our society, but we we know everyone has thoughts about something. And people, and he, Larry David's character says them. Um, I think a lot of times Larry David's situations can be more relatable, even. And I think they can be far fetched too. They're more relatable than what Seinfeld had. Like, you know, I watched Curb and the, the person pretending to like know somebody to cut in front of line. I've seen that. Before and after, so many times where, hey, hey, I like that, I like that, uh, that 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 coat you have on. Is that where'd you get that from? Blah 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 blah. And you gotta hit him with the Stanley. And boot. then they just stand in line, and I'm like, you don't know that person. Like, you just, I see what you did. Like Boo. like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it because whenever I think of that situation, Boo. I think of that. The That's person. Yeah, so you make some curves from, from the office. office. I can't Please. help it. But I, I get what you're saying because you know one of the things that I think about with curb. Is um there? There's that one episode where um Larry David comes across a car that's parked on like a diagonal and it's like taking up two spaces in, in the street, and he's like, "You parking like an asshole! Like you, you know, this is not how you should function in society. This is like you yeah. be a part of society. You part, you know, have some consideration." Um, yeah, or. Or or when to me, which because I'm not gonna lie, I'll say it at work when the only I go to the bathroom and the only stall open is like the handicap stall, and I would think like man, this this would be awkward if like I'm preventing someone who's handicapped from coming in, and then but, when that happens, but then you that's that's curb, Larry David like, though that you like, see in Seinfeld as well then, like, behind the scenes because it, he's like, probably I don't, know, like, I don't know this as a fact, but that's he's hilarious. you know he might be cooking up that whole episode about, you know, parking in the handicap spot. And it's the same thing. You know, that's the Larry David sense of humor. Um, I agree. I agree. Well, yeah, well, Larry David's the key. You know, Larry David is the key to Seinfeld. Let's be honest. Like, he, he his right hit. What makes it that I think if you do – traditional writing on that show if seasons eight and nine were throughout the show there's such a talented cast it's great but it's not what makes it to me why i put it up there is it the writing was innovative and that's larry david's mind and and you read about it some it's a great writing staff but a lot of people say the writers will come up with ideas larry would have his idea the writers come yeah. up with ideas but what you saw anyway larry pretty much larry and, and jerry would help they they wrote it and they, they would give credit to other people, but other people may have an idea, but Larry and Jerry wrote those. Like they, they were the ones who wrote it and made it what it is. Like so um Larry's the obviously the obvious connection, but he's the key to why Seinfeld is great. And I think um 
I don't know. I, I would have to say I think Curb is just – I mean, the it's hard because people were – and that's died down, but were fanatical about a Seinfeld reunion or Seinfeld this. And, and they had a reunion on Curb, but I think the way when Curb takes these long breaks and people are like – when you like people are begging Larry David for another like episode. And to me, in this climate where there's so many options, that's harder than what you get with Seinfeld, you know, like – that that's a kudos to it. I think Curb is just Curb hits it on so many levels, and so many revolving characters are funny, and so many things are just classic. And for being on HBO, which is not especially now, it's more accessible. But when Curb premiered in the early two thousands, not as accessible to everyone, and people knew the, those they had iconic yeah. moments. That's more impressive. Than yeah, and usually, NBC, you know, it, it is kind of funny. Just and you think about like Larry David as as a character, and you know, normally there's somebody in your crew, somebody in your group of friends that's that's a Larry David, and for us, we know who that is. But more oh, Tim, for sure. I've been who's compared that? more so to oh, George. Tim? Oh, well, you actually, what? Sorry, yeah, what am I saying? What am I saying? Take both. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, well, Larry George is George but, is. Yeah, Larry so he, David. I yeah. think he is more relatable. George is Larry. But, um, I don't know, man. I, if you're if you're gonna start throwing premium premium shows in there, then uh, then yeah, then my top five changes. So. Uh yeah. In, no, in no victory. These, these, this was not established in the beginning of the oh, conversation. He threw me a curveball. Threw me a curveball, and guess what? I, I planted. I kept my back foot planted. I fouled the ball you to have the to glove, know. You and have I, to know. I knocked it out. False. False. Nah, man. I gave you a brush back, and you, I put you off the plate, and now you're wobbly, and you're like John, John Crook Cruck. and Randy Johnson. You just struck out. I got you. Oh, you're right. We can add even more shows. We can add more. I'll give you a John Crook 93 All-Star game, baby. That's you. But anyway, you got to be prepared. How do you know I wasn't going to say that? And we have talked about it on previous podcasts, our Parks and Rec episode. There, there'd be no reason up. why I would think you, you bring think premium about it. Yeah, shows. you didn't think in. about it, and you weren't prepared. Victory. Well, no, I know, I know, I know. We were going to bring up Curb, but I didn't know you were going to bring that whole like, can they be Curb? Your enthusiasm is a great and, show. Why would I you not know, bring that? It, if we're going to consider them in the top five, then yeah, of course it's going to change for me. Of course it's going to change. I'm not ready to make that statement, and you know how big of a fan no, of Seinfeld you could say I am, but Seinfeld I'm not ready to make Curb. that statement made, because I'm a big Larry David way, fan. I respect what Curb mm. has done tremendously. Like, I don't know it as well as Seinfeld, but mm-hmm. I can't I can't necessarily right, say right. that I wouldn't put Curb of ahead of it. Of course. Breaking news. Oh, I know you're going to see that as a victory. I, yes, that's a guarantee. Mm. Well, that means victory for that all equals victory for me. Uh, do I ever though? Well, nah, did I? Did, yeah, I, did you right. waver me off of my points? No. Nah. Did you come? Did, yeah, sometimes I guess I'm trying to in certain things. In certain things, 
and certain things you do. I wouldn't tell you that today. Um, you told me to give Scrubs a try. You you liked it more than I did. And I, was, I don't know. and I was like, yeah, it's not bad. Well, I don't know what you say today, but I'm just saying in our history. Um, but um, but real know, quick before, because I know we're getting to the to the top of the uh, top of this our second hour here. Where I just mm-hmm. want to ask you real quick. I know we talked about favorite episodes. I'd go on for days about that. I already mentioned, you know, a couple of of mine. Um, did you have a favorite character? In the show, a favorite. Well, no, I'm gonna answer. We're still gonna. I still want to do the John Ralphio Award. Like a sleeper character or a favorite? Like, oh, uh, I, I, I probably will go. I'll probably say I think. Hmm. I like middle to late Kramer. I don't know. Kramer, I would probably give it to Kramer and Jerry, but I love huh. Elaine. George is someone I think is a great character, but he's probably out of the big four. He's my fourth for me. Um, Because George gets in, George, his situations are funny, but yeah. I don't know. I, I laugh more at just Kramer being Kramer, Jerry being Jerry, Elaine being Elaine, more well, than with like more George ones. interacting with them. Or George's situations kind of coming up, but um, yeah, but George is still great. Like he's not bad. And, and as I got older, I appreciated with the help of Curb and Larry David. Curb's better, but oh, that's um, great. Appreciated George. Certain George moments. I mean, when George does the the walkout with the the funny line, that that's not. It's relatable, but it's not in a way because like. You can't walk out of work. <laughs> Leave it on the high note. I want to get like, oh, I got the funny joke. I mean, everyone laughs, and I'm like in like the meeting, and I'm like, all right. Like, yeah. You're on like cloud nine. It's like, yeah, like, you're good, but like you can't leave. Like that's the thing. Like you can't walk out. But like See, for me, I, do, like, I know that favorite. feeling of like, all right, everyone laughs at that joke. Okay. Well, like, yeah, you know. So I probably, I probably be a good George, day. then Jerry, and then uh, I guess Kramer and Elaine would be, well, you are would, would be tied. Um, but I, I wanted to bring up characters because – there's so many great guest characters on this show, right? And some had recurring roles and some were just on on for a few. Um, so I, I I know who my John Ralphio award is going to go to. I was deciding between two people. Um, I'm curious to see, like, which character struck you the most? Like, when they were on, they were just, they were on fire all the time. And they always gave you a laugh. Yeah. Uh. We agree on one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John O'Hurley is Jay uh, Peterman. Jay Peterman me. for me. It was between him and Patrick uh, Warburton as David Putty. Oh, he's yours too. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Putty fan, but yeah, I think I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't beat Peterman. Oh yeah, Peterman just the way he would look at how serious and how. Just the way in this his cadence when he talked, it was just hilarious. And, and Elaine, and then when he would use all these different, yeah. you know, and the Serengeti of the Wakanda, like people, in like some way weird, the what the Wakanda people. And do you know what I found? Like he was just, oh, yeah. he just the, the, the eight ball jacket. Like, he was funny. Putty was not consistent, but Putty had some funny moments. Um, oh, that I agree with you. That, that one wasn't one of my favorite parts. My favorite was when he told me going to hell. Like <laughs> that—that is, yeah, I agree with you there. But uh, Peterman, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and how calmly he just said that she's she's going to hell. Oh well, yeah, you know, you're, you're you're going to hell. And she, well, I can't blame her for. You remember they're they're outside the apartment door and he sees the, the newspaper and he's like, like, "Why don't you get it?" She's like, "Well, you know, why, why, why don't you get it?" He's like, "What do you care? It. You know where you're going." <laughs> it's like real, real casual. Yeah. It was killing me. Um, but no, between him and Peterman, man, <laughs> Peter, Peterman had me dying with, with Elaine with the cake. What you're about to go through, Elaine, is punishment enough. And it, it just the, the lines that he would come up with, and just the things he would say. He had a polyp in the duodenum, and he just like all these things. Yeah, I, I just got to give it to Peterman. But there's so many good guest characters, like like uh, Kenny yeah. Danya always used to crack me up when he when he would come on just because of how ridiculous he was. Banya, oh man, Banya was great. Yeah, I never liked. Oh Banya. yeah, I would Banya put him uh, ahead of Banya me. by far. Yes, Tim, now, the, now, the Tim Motley character, the dentist, he was, was so funny. good. I like Brian. So Cranston. good, especially the, the, when Jerry's not sure if he's invited to the party. And he's like, what? Why are you here? <laughs> and and his dynamic with with Elaine and everything. Yeah. Um, Underrated character for me. I always enjoyed. Um, this is like a deep cut. Uh, you remember Kruger? Kruger. He was always hilarious to me. I don't know if I was like alone in that, but I always mm-hmm. found him to be like he wasn't up there with like the Jackie Childs, you know, and like he's a, like he, that's an all timer. But I, I always felt like Kruger was just kind of like low key hilarious, Jackie just because Childs he just great, acted yeah. like he didn't care. Oh, the Maestro was great. He, the Maestro was great. Kruger, I liked. I liked uh, the Maestro. Honestly, I liked the Maestro. Um, so it, 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 it's it's a lot of. Um, I think they did that very well. If they that I think maybe only like the Office kind of rivals with just these oddball people who are like kind of recurring, but kind of not like coming through and just striping it. Like I think only like the office and maybe curb like rivals it. Like they Seinfeld did that very well of just mixing, you know, yeah. getting the poppy was another the, the oddballness. Not, that's not a word, but the oddballness anyway. of like New York city. There you go. There you go. But Hey, this was uh this was fun being proven right that Seinfeld's not the greatest. This was your plan ever. all along, wasn't and it? And you joining my side. And it's on tape. So you can't revert from it because it's recorded. So No, no, I no, know, no. I know. You wanted to, I, let the record show. Ironically, you know, I started you watching to do Seinfeld after <laughs> in the dark. You requested to remember. <laughs> I wanted Cobra Kai. Exactly. Well, well, speaking of Cobra Kai, I, I have a, I have a lot of thoughts already going through so after then, one season. I'm excited so fine. to do that one next. Um, but this, no, no, no. I, I just well, I'm starting it. Like I'm starting that today. Okay. Well, you got season so two. So I'm you, I'm you hyped for that? for Cobra Kai, and I got I have a lot of thoughts already. I am really impressed. I I did not know Cobra what Kai. to expect, um, but I am. Uh, you know, I'm impressed with a couple of the things that it's that it's doing. So I'm excited to 
looking forward to talking about it. Me too. Me too. Um, but man, as, as always, this was fun. I'm glad, you know, uh, you got caffeinated up for this. Mm-hmm. This, this, this was good. This was a good one. This was an it really one. did because this that, that big really question that you posed in the beginning on TV is where does this fall kind of within the pantheon the of great television know, shows? Is it a top five? Or is it the greatest sitcom of all time? And then establishing that criteria and debating what does make a show up, you know, what, what, what do you what must you do well to get in that in that sitcom hall of fame that's what started it all for us um and and we're nowhere near done yeah absolutely I'll, and also I'll, I'll we we've definitely established it's not a binge, <laughs> it's not a bingeable hall of famer it's not a binge worthy hall of famer mm mm-hmm. mhm Mm-hmm. But we might have some sleepers here with we did in the dark. Oh yeah. Well, I hope next it's not episode, a sleeper. Which will be will be you know dropping next week on Cobra Kai. I I I don't know. I'm saying that there's oh, the, oh, the binge worthy okay. Hall of Fame for shows. I thought I thought you were talking about that's, just that's being a high. good that, show. That's pretty high. That's a high. So I'm not. I'm just saying it's a yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. So you know we'll get into it. You know what I mean? It. Oh, no, it's a really good show. But, 